and I am uh, in the chaplaincy team at Shaw School. And on arrival back in Sydney, um, Bruce asked if I would take on the role of being coordinator of the Jesus Is campaign, which is running through 25 churches across the northern beaches, and so I was happy to do that. This being the first Sunday, oh, thank you very much, and this being the first Sunday of uh, the Jesus Is campaign across all those churches, Max asked if I would come and speak on that topic. Jesus Is, how would you complete that sentence? And the immediate answer for me is Jesus is the Good Shepherd. This idea of God shepherding his flock is one that flows through the Old Testament, through Ezekiel, the reading we had, and into the New Testament where Jesus says to his friends, I am the Good Shepherd. Which I guess raises the question for me, what kind of shepherd was Jesus? Jesus is the Good Shepherd, but that's a pretty brief description. If I were to try to discover in some more detail what does it mean for Jesus to be the Good Shepherd, I guess I ask the question, if I'm a shepherd today and I am wanting to get my sheep into pasture, do you like my sheep? Yeah, I have some sheep out here and I am a shepherd today, there's legs, I've got the little black faces, um, and I'm wanting to get them in, into pasture in order that they be safe at night, there's lush green grass in there and if even a couple of flowers, how beautiful is that? Um, if I am a shepherd trying to, to bring my sheep into pasture, I've got a friend um, who lives just in the western Hunter Valley, Valley at Merriwell, or his parents' farm is out there, and when I've been out there with Holt and we're trying to bring the shepherd into the home pen, the question is, where does the shepherd stand? As you look at what I've drawn up there, where as a shepherd would I stand in order to bring these sheep in? The modern day shepherd, well, the modern day shepherd is back here. In fact, not so much standing, but sitting on my motorbike. And so Holt would be on his motorbike here, I'd be on my mo- mo- motorbike at the bottom. And in order for us to get the sheep to go into the pen, well, our response to the sheep is kind of to, we kind of scare them in. If the sheep start going the wrong direction, then I'll rev my engine so that the sheep will, will go forward. But the modern day shepherd, when he tries to care for the sheep, to take the sheep into good pasture, the modern day shepherd stands behind. When Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, he has a different position. When Jesus is trying to get his, shepherd, his sheep to go in, where is it that Jesus stands? You may know the answer. The olden day shepherds would stand at the gate. The olden day shepherd with his shepherd's staff would stand at the gate and call for the sheep. Because unlike me, the blow-in who goes to visit my, my friend's farm, the shepherd in Jesus' time didn't just come for a weekend. The shepherd in Jesus' time stayed with the sheep during the day and during the night and week after week and month so that when it came to bring the sheep into the pen, into safety, the sheep would know the shepherd's voice. When Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd, he's talking about that kind of shepherd who knows his sheep, who stands at the gate and calls the sheep to come. The sheep hear the voice of the shepherd and they go in and they find good pasture and they eat. When Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, he says, I am the shepherd who knows my flock and I call my flock to follow. 
Fair enough. Now, we're in the, in the, in the time approaching Easter and in the last 18 hours of Jesus' life, this idea of Jesus being the Good Shepherd, the one who calls us to follow, I think, I think it really came to the fore. You may recall that on the Thursday night of Easter, Jesus, that's meant to be a fork, Jesus sat down with his disciples, with his good friends, and he had a meal. That the things that were on the meal table that night, there would have been some bread, there would have been some wine. On the table at dinner, Jesus with his friends, there certainly would have also been a salad and if Jesus' mother had taught him well, then there would have been some vegetables with that salad. Um, Jesus sat down with his disciples and he ate a meal. After dinner, Jesus asked three of his disciples, Peter, James and John, if they would go with him for a walk. An after-dinner walk after a pleasant meal sounds fair enough and they went from the city of Jerusalem where they'd been having their meal across a little valley and climbed up the Mount of Olives. And you can imagine that Peter, James and John thought this is a pleasant way to end our meal with our, with our friend Jesus. The Mount of Olives is a mountain which is slightly higher and so you can stand on the top of the Mount of Olives and look down on the city of Jerusalem and see the lights of all the other families in Jerusalem who have been eating their Passover meal. Jesus went up to the Mount of Olives Come on, there we are. Jesus went up to the Mount of Olives with his friends James and John and, and in the Garden of Gethsemane on that mountain, Jesus knelt down and he prayed. Now Jesus knew what was coming up in the next 15, 18 hours. Jesus knew that this was going to be a time of suffering for him. He was a human being who felt pain and Jesus knew that he was going to be betrayed, that he was going to be arrested, that he was going to be beaten, that he was going to be strung up on a cross. Jesus knew the physical anguish that was coming his way and so he knelt down in the garden and prayed. But at the end of his prayer he said, Father, your will be done. And so while Jesus was in the garden there, the guards came with their spears, guards wearing mean red, they came with their spears and they arrested Jesus. And so on the Thursday night, Jesus was arrested, he was chained. On the Thursday night, Jesus spent the night in jail. On the Friday morning, Jesus was taken before Pontius Pilate, he was whipped, he was beaten, and then by the Friday afternoon, Jesus was hung up on a cross. And on that cross, Jesus died. The Roman guards wanted to check that Jesus was actually dead and so they saw him on the cross. He appeared not to be breathing. One of the guards took a spear and put it in Jesus' side. And when the, the red blood and the clear plasma, the water, flowed out separately, they knew that Jesus was dead. And so Jesus was taken down from the cross on the Friday afternoon and Jesus was put into a tomb. Friday night, Jesus spends in the tomb. Saturday night, Jesus is dead in the tomb. So by the, by, by the Sunday morning, 
when some of Jesus' friends come down to the tomb because by Sunday morning a human body left dead in a tomb will start to smell. And so they came down with some spices, some perfumes to try and cover the smell that would normally have been coming from Jesus' body. And when they went to the tomb they found that the stone had been rolled away from the front of the tomb and surprised as they were they came out of the tomb and there his friends found Jesus. Jesus was alive. They rushed back and they told the other disciples Jesus is alive and for the next 40 days Jesus appeared to his friends, to his disciples. Jesus appeared to large crowds of people so that many, many people could see that the one who had been killed on the cross was now alive. Kind of what happened to Jesus after that? Did Jesus live his, his public life, die on the cross and then kind of rise again and live into old age? Well, no, the Bible says quite clearly that Jesus rose from the dead and then for 40 days, He appeared to to his friends and to the crowds and then after 40 days Jesus rose up into heaven which is why it is possible for for Christians to say Jesus is alive today which is why the campaign which is running across the northern beaches is not called Jesus Was. What do we understand that Jesus has done for us? Yes, that's true but the campaign that, that is being run is Jesus Is because Christians can say Jesus is alive today. But if we return to the, uh, the first issue, how would I finish the sentence, Jesus is? If I'm to finish the sentence, Jesus is the way I began, that Jesus is the good shepherd, Jesus described himself as the good shepherd, how do I understand that? Well, I think the last 18 hours of Jesus' life gives us something of a glimpse of the shepherd who stands before, who stands at the gate and welcomes us to follow. Jesus has gone through life, life with us, the joys of life. Jesus has gone through the pain and the suffering and the difficulties of life. Jesus has possibly gone through more pain and suffering than I hope you or I will ever have to go through. Jesus, as I take it most of us will, died and was buried. But then Jesus, the Good Shepherd, says, follow me. If you trust me, if you are prepared to follow me through this life, the pain and the suffering and the joy of this life, uh, then you can follow me through death into life and into life everlasting. When Jesus says, I am the Good Shepherd, Jesus is inviting us to follow Jesus is saying, will you come with me? I have pastures which are wonderful. I have pastures which are abundant and I pray that you will come with me. Jesus is, how would you complete that sentence? There's much to say, but if I put it in two words, I'm happy to say, Jesus is the good shepherd. Do you want to pray with me now? Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have sent Jesus to demonstrate what it means to be a good shepherd and we pray that you would affect our hearts so that we might seek to follow him. Amen. In order to illustrate the great 
the great love that Jesus demonstrated in going through those last 18 hours for us. We could not find our way, own way into the pen. If you'll indulge me for maybe 90 seconds. I look in the mirror at the man in front of me. A hazy reflection of all the things I want to be. So frustrated by all my compromise and so embarrassed at the way I fall for the shallow lies when your love is so much sweeter and your truth is so much deeper when you could not love me more and you will not love me less though I come to you with nothing I receive your righteousness though I come just as I am Here's the mystery But while I can come without changing Your love changes me I sometimes imagine When I am all alone If given enough time I could have done this on my own How can I be So blinded by my pride how can I forget I was dead before you gave me life? For you are the true life giver. And you are the promise keeper. When you could not love me more, and you will not love me less. Though I come to you with nothing, I receive your righteousness. Though I come just as I am, oh, here's the mystery. But while I can come without changing, your love changes me.